Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. Keep your mouth shut. So enough said, right? No, in about half an hour, you guys are going to be saying that to me, but that's okay. Keep it to yourself, right? No. Uh, listen, there's, there's times in our lives when it's necessary for us to speak up. And there's a lot of times when we speak up when it's not necessary. Do you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration? Who was there on the Mount of Transfiguration? Who were the other guys that walked up to the Mount with Jesus? Peter, James, and John. And they saw Jesus and they saw this and all. And what did Peter do? He didn't know what to say. So he said, Lord, let's make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Uh, no, Moses and Elijah were there worshiping Jesus just like we do. And, and we have to realize Jesus is the only exalted one. But we have a tendency when we're not sure what to say to just say something anyway. And we also have a tendency to talk too much. And we're going to look at scripture that gives specific instruction from James 1, specific instruction about how to control your mouth and your temper, because they often fit together. Sometimes when people get upset, they say things, horrible things. I was reading a book and a guy kept saying horrible, terrible things. Then he'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. And when I lose my temper, I say terrible things. I didn't mean it. But the Bible says something a little bit different, doesn't it? It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So God wants us to control our mouth. James chapter 1. And by the way, God put you in charge of controlling your own mouth. If you're a parent... You have to help your kids learn that. If you're a spouse, it's not your job to make your spouse watch their mouth. It's your job to watch your own. Okay, look in uh, James chapter 1 and verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren. So these are people that he loves and they're brothers and sisters in Christ. He's writing to a Christian family of believers. He started out in verse 1, writing to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, that they, they wandered away, they fled because of persecutions. And so he's writing to them and he's saying, Listen, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now notice, ladies, please, when it says, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, it means ladies too. Let all beings in mankind. It doesn't mean, guys, you have to shut up and let the ladies talk. Although I must admit, there are times when that's appropriate, right? So here's some things that we need to think about. Number one, you need to become a great listener. You can become a great listener. You have the capacity inside you to listen with empathy, to listen on purpose, to listen with intention. Our culture actually devalues listening. I have never watched or wouldn't go to watch a presidential or a gubernatorial debate because they don't actually debate. 
They just have talking points. They yell at each other. They don't really talk about issues. If they were going to really talk about issues, I might tune in. Uh, but they don't. And in our culture, we have lost the ability to listen. We're so quick to name people and so quick to categorize people that we don't really listen to what's going on in their heart. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A wise person learns to listen. And by the way, uh, parents need to listen to their kids, not just kids listen to their parents. We learn to listen. Luke ten sixteen. when Jesus was sending his disciples out and they were going to go preach, he said, the people who hear them will actually be hearing him. When the word of God is spoken, they're hearing from God himself. Romans ten seventeen. the most important thing to hear is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now we can kind of skip right over that. But if you understand the culture in which that was written, uh, the shepherds would gather with the sheep and the sheep would all be together sometimes at night. And then in the morning, each shepherd would go off with their sheep into a different area and then they would bring them back. And so in the morning, the shepherd would start talking to his sheep sometimes singing to his sheep, and then the sheep would follow the right shepherd. And we need to follow the Lord by listening to his word. Uh, John, or Ezekiel 3.27, He who hears, let him hear. It's one thing to hear, and it's another to have it register. In fact, at least twice in our marriage, Kathy has said to me, Did you hear what I said? because I didn't give any evidence of listening. And I've learned to do a better job with that, but nobody's perfect. Everybody messes up sometimes. And so it's okay to ask somebody, did you hear what I said? You know, in the military, what do you, you tell people what to do. And then you remind them what you told them what to do. Then you ask them to tell you what you told them to do. And then you remind them what they're supposed to do so that there's communication has taken place and we need to listen and there's lots of verses in the scripture that talk about use your ears to really listen Matthew 1 11 15 he who has ears to hear let him hear Luke 14 35 he who has ears to hear let him hear Revelation 13 9 if anyone has an ear let him hear uh, Revelation chapters Two and three, there's seven letters to seven churches. And in chapter two, verses 7, 11, 17, and 29. And chapter three, verses 6, 13, and 27. What were those verses again? Okay, there's no test. All right, ready? But listen, here's what Christ said to the seven churches in Asia Minor. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So you have ears. You need to use them. Even if you only have one, use it. Uh, Ezekiel, or, or uh, Luke said, sorry, Revelation 39, if you have an ear, use it. Uh, the others in Ezekiel and Matthew and Luke all said, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. So you need to be ready to hear when the word of God is being taught. When the word of God is being communicated, 
You need to be ready to hear. Now, your brain goes faster than my mouth can. And if my mouth could speak as fast as your brain could process, your ears still couldn't process the information. It'd be coming too fast. Our brains are amazingly fast. Uh, They've built all kinds of computers, and the fastest computer in the world can mimic the human brain, but the human brain can make leaps in logic and connections that computers have to work through the process to get there. And so your mind goes faster than the speaker, whether you're in the Bible class, in an Awana lesson, or here in church, your mind's going faster, and your mind can lead you astray. You can start thinking about purple zebras or something. Uh, Your mind can just drift off and you're not connected anymore. If you weren't here last week, you don't know what that was about. That's okay. Those who were here last week still aren't sure. But, But listen, you need to prepare yourself to listen to the message when the word of God is being communicated. So you need to limit your activities on Saturday night. Hey, we we were in class once. Uh, Kathy and I were helping in a youth class, and another person was teaching. And he had stayed up till 2.30 in the morning playing video games. And now he was teaching the class. And all through his lesson, he kept yawning. Pretty soon, guess what the whole class was doing? They were all yawning. We were were struggling to stay awake. And, And he was the teacher. But you, as the student, as the listener, as the hearer, You need to prepare yourself to hear God's word. So limit your activity on Saturday night. Go to bed early enough to be able to get a good night's sleep. The older you are, the truth is, you only get a good night's sleep when your body lets you. I understand that. But at least prepare yourself to try to get a good night's sleep. Pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the word in the Bible class or in the preaching. Listen intentionally. Stay focused. Lean into it. It doesn't mean you've got to sit on the edge of your seat and lean forward and wait to hear, but, but lean into it at least on the inside. Focus and pay attention and keep bringing yourself back. And uh, take notes. Uh, you can write down notes, and that helps you focus. I think in the bulletin there's a spot for notes to take that you could jot some things down there. Or you can bring your own notebook. And then before you leave... Think about what you should do in response to the message. Think about what you should do. So if the message is about finances, then before you leave, you just think about your finances. Is God first? Are my other expenses second? Am I saving toward the future? Am I spending everything now? Just think it through. If the message is about the family, then you think, all right, in my family, am I? I, following the biblical pattern for my role. Well, sorry, Dawson, but your role right now is still to submit to your mom and dad. Give it a few years. You'll be all on your own, paying all your own bills, and you'll love it. Okay. But, but it, 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 what, what's my role now? If the message is on showing kindness to other people, think through your last week. Did I show kindness to people? What could I do this week that would be better? If it's on listening, think, am I a good listener? On a scale of 1 to 10, what kind of grade would you give yourself as a listener? Now, nobody can score a perfect 10 all the time. But you can get better anytime. 
And then after you leave, reflect on the message and try and remember as much as you can. Parents, you can prepare your kids for church. Now, when I was a kid, my mom would go in and lay out our clothes for Sunday morning because uh, she didn't trust us boys to get the right clothes. The girls she never worried about, but the boys she worried about. And so she'd lay those out. And we always had a big breakfast on Sunday morning to help get us fired up and revved up and ready to go. And But limit activities on Saturday nights. Uh, make sure they're able to get a good night's sleep. Not just you, but your kids. Uh, make, maybe you could not allow fiction reading on Sunday morning so they're not so focused on the story or no video games till after church or no toys, no rowdy games till Sunday afternoon. So uh, kids, when you leave here, you have my permission to be rowdy, okay? Just your parents might not agree, but you can pray together. One of the things that your family could do is pray at the breakfast table on Sunday. I know not every family eats breakfast together, but but Sunday, it's a good thing to do if you can, eat breakfast together, and then pray that, God, when I go to church, help me to listen. Help me to learn. Help me to show love to the people that I see there. And just gear your heart ready. See, a lot of whether or not you get something out of the message has way more to do with your preparation than my preparation because you have to be ready to hear, to listen. And if you're not ready before you walk in the door, then Take time right there walking in. Really get ready to hear the word of God. People don't grow in the Lord because they sit in church. They grow in the Lord when they truly listen and they let it change their hearts and they change their thoughts and their actions to follow the Lord. It doesn't happen just by sitting here. It happens by listening to the word, to the message, and to the Holy Spirit. So uh, be ready to hear when the word of God is taught, but also be ready to hear when you have conversations with others. Be ready to hear. Not everybody is ready to hear. Some people, they just want to tell their story. In fact, maybe you have a friend who they'll call you on the phone and they'll talk about this, this, and this, and then, okay, got to go, bye. It's like, they did their checklist. Have any of you ever experienced that on the phone? Yeah. Uh, how many of you feel like that was a really good personal connection? Nobody does. Why? Because they were just checklisting you. They, and they didn't listen. And how many of you have been answering somebody's question? You've got to raise your hands on this one. Somebody has asked you a question. Oh, by the way, when you raise your hand, no finger pointing some other way. Okay? So uh, you're... Somebody asks you a question, and while you're answering it, they interrupt and talk about something else. Anybody experience that? Yeah, all over the place. I said no finger pointing. So, yeah, that happens sometimes. But you have to be a listener. Now, parents, you, you have a responsibility to teach your kids how to listen, but once they're grown, it's not your job to make them listen. It's your job to make you Listen. And listen to people. Don't be so eager to speak that you miss out on what people are saying. They say the top three things in real estate are. Do you know what they are? What are they? Location, location, location. 
Well, I think the top three things in communication are listen, listen, listen. Be a good listener. Listen to what people are saying. God wants you to pay attention and truly listen. So it says here, be swift to hear. Swift to hear. Listen on purpose. Hear with intention and catch on quickly. When you're not paying attention, you miss some of what's been said. How many of you have ever experienced that? Somebody asks you now, hey, what do you think about that? And you're like, uh, I didn't follow the conversation. Any of you ever experienced that? Don't you always feel good about yourself at that moment? No, you're a little embarrassed. You weren't tracking. You weren't following. And honestly, there are people that are hard to listen to, and it makes it difficult. But God didn't say, be a good listener when they're good speakers. He said, you be a good listener. Swift to hear. You on purpose. God wants you to pay attention. And so you listen not only to their words, but you listen to their heart. And one of the ways of showing your listening is you can ask a question about it uh, and keep the conversation going so you're really listening. Sometimes in some conversations, in some settings, people aren't comfortable and especially if somebody comes to you because they've got a problem, they've got an issue, they're going to talk about this issue up here. And you listen and you respond to that. But what they want to know is, are you going to listen well enough? Are you going to be trustworthy enough for them to get down to that real issue? And if you're not, you'll never get that. You need to listen. It's sometimes what people are not saying is more important than what they are saying. Be swift to hear. What's the next thing that James said? Be swift to hear, slow to speak. Now that doesn't mean you have to talk like you're from Georgia and just drag things out a little bit. No, swift to hear, slow to speak. Some people talk too much, no finger pointing, how many of you know somebody who talks a lot? Raise your hand. Yeah. And when you talk with them, do they listen really well? Most of the time, a person who talks a lot is not also a good listener. It's like they got one skill and run it all the time. So you, they call those people loquacious or pleonastic or garrulous or verbose or chatty or gabby or motormouth. They call them all those things, but they're considered hyperverbal. They talk way more than is necessary or polite. And this verse is not just addressed to those people. So if you're not a person who talks too much, you can't say, oh, I got this down. No, you need to think about it. Slow to speak. Again, it does not mean talking slowly, it means being hesitant to speak, to make sure that you listen well before you speak. This is something that politicians need to learn and journalists need to learn and lawyers and so do teachers and preachers and parents and kids. We all need to learn to be hesitant to speak. Now, some people are too hesitant to speak. They will not speak up, even when speaking up is the right thing to do. But 
learn to talk less. So here's a couple of uh, ideas to think about uh, being slow to speak. Number one, listen fully before you speak. Listen fully before you speak. So uh, Proverbs 18.13 said, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. If you answer before you hear. That happens all the time. People start speaking when they should still be listening. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if you're that way, but I know a lot of people are that, you hear a little bit of it, and you feel outraged. But if you'd listen to the whole thing, you wouldn't feel outraged. You hear the introduction, and then, and we need to really listen. Listen to the whole thing. And so I brought my secret weapon with me today to help me be a better listener. It's a secret weapon. It's a notepad. And what I do when, when any, anybody who's come into my study and, or met with me, they know one of the things I do is I get out a pad of paper and a pen. And as I'm listening to them, sometimes I'll jot an idea down, a thought, something that I want to ask a question about or I want to talk about further, but I don't want to interrupt what they're saying. So I just make a little note and then I can remember to go back to it because otherwise I won't go back to it. I have to jot down notes to remind myself. I, I don't quite have to do, you know, the breathe in, breathe out thing, but, but I need to give myself notes to remember where things are going. And so I sit with this. And uh, unfortunately, I don't do this in every conversation. Maybe I should. Oh, you want to talk to me? Hold on. Let me pull out my pad here. And uh, all right, now I'll listen. Uh, but we can learn to listen to people. And so what I do with that is I'll jot down an idea. I'll think about it, something I want to comment, ask about. Then I can go on listening, and then we can go back and talk about it. Because sometimes when you interrupt the flow when somebody's sharing something, then they have trouble getting back. Like, have you ever had a salesperson trying to sell you something, and you interrupt their sales pitch, and they're so new at it, what do they do? They start over. Yes, it's crazy. But sometimes if you interrupt, people don't think you're listening. So to keep from interrupting and asking a question, you could jot down a note, you can look at them, and you can say, oh, you know, respond something. Say something. Give, lean into it physically so they see you're really paying attention. And then let them talk through and then ask questions a little bit later. It's easier in some settings than others, but we can improve our listening in every conversation. Listen fully before you speak. Secondly, consciously talk less. Consciously talk less. Now, if you're a person who rarely speaks, I'm not talking to you, okay? I'm talking to the normal people. Most of us usually talk a little too much. But just because you can say something doesn't mean that you need to. Your wonderful and entertaining stories could go just as easily unsaid. The world will get along without hearing everything you want to say. And sometimes 
If you're in a conversation with someone, you really want to say something else. And so you say a story that's like that. Well, then that other person has another story. Do you know people who are called toppers? Whatever story you have, they have one that can top that. And so you could tell the greatest story in the world, and they're going to top it. Try and do that great story plus one. And, and so don't be that person. Let your story stop. Enjoy it on the inside. You don't always have to share it. It's easier in some settings than others, but we can improve our conversation. Second part of uh, talking less, not just listen fully before you speak, but consciously talking less. Listen to the number of words coming from each person in the conversation. And if you're not teaching or communicating something, you should not talk more than others in that group. So in this setting this morning, in this condition, I'm talking more than anybody else has. And that's okay in this setting. But if we go out for lunch and I'm talking five times more than you are, then that's not appropriate. Think about the people in the group and the conversation. And if you feel like you've said too much, ask them an open-ended question that they can't answer with a yes or no and then allow them to speak. Ask somebody else to be a third thing. Ask somebody to be your accountability partner. A, a spouse or a good friend can bump your leg when you're talking too much. If that doesn't work, you can always try duct tape. Uh, but, but seriously, you have to take this, be slow to speak. Don't be so eager. Who was the one of the apostles who frequently was the first one to speak? Peter. Who is the one of the apostles we find in Scripture saying the wrong thing? Peter. Same guy. The one who had trouble keeping his mouth shut was saying the wrong things. And so can we. Talk less. It's the spiritual thing to do. All right, here's the third idea from James here. So he says, first of all, what are you supposed to do? No, but well, not, not my points, the scripture points. What's the first one James says? Swift to hear. Second one? Slow to speak. Third one? Slow to wrath. Chill out. Chill out. What does that mean? Well, you know, the first time I heard this, I was a business manager in Texas and I was hyper about something that went on there, and I was agitated and aggravated, and one of the administrative assistants working in there said, take a chill pill, Mr. Green. <laughs> I had never heard that concept before. Chill out. Just let some things go. Not everything is a 10. I've said that before on my anger list and I'd get volatile and now I think, oh, this is a 2 or this is a 1.7. It's not anywhere near a 10. And I, for a long time, Kathy had to give me that number. And now I've, I've matured where most of the time I can give it to myself. But be slow to speak, slow to wrath. Proverbs 17, 27. He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. 
See, when everybody's running around like Chicken Little, thinks the sky's at falling, the man or woman who can be calm and reason and share logic, they're going to be the ones who save the day. Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Proverbs 14, 29, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding. But he who is impulsive exalts folly. Don't be easily upset, easily agitated. Calm down, chill out. Proverbs 16.32, this verse changed my life. I was a young Marine and I was aggressive and I was hyper and I thought violence was the answer to most human situations and uh, I, I really did. I was raised in a home where my dad allowed us kids to resolve our problems by buying boxing gloves. And when we wanted to fight, we had to fight till somebody couldn't get back up. And that's how we resolve conflict. And then I went in the Marine Corps. You know what? The Marine Corps thought that was brilliant. That was great. That's how we resolve everything. But then I read this verse. I was challenged uh, by my uh, fiance at the time, later my wife, and she challenged me to read more scripture. And I was reading through the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs 16.32 says this. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So you could be a strong, macho kind of guy. And the Bible says that you are wimpy. Because you're not ruling your spirit. And the one who rules his own spirit, that's the one who's really manly. And that verse transformed my life. Because I thought the best thing I could do as a man is be able to take out a bunch of other guys. And I learned that the best thing that I can do as a man is make this guy do what God wants. To do the right thing. Slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Proverbs 19.11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. The more understanding you have, the, more, the less likely you'll get angry. So, if you know somebody is painfully shy, you're not going to get angry if they don't want to talk to you. If you know somebody has a handicap, an issue where they, they cannot, physically cannot walk fast, you're not going to be exasperated if they walk slowly. The more understanding you have, the better you're able to control your anger. And so I know this, we started talking about keep your mouth shut, but there's times when you need to let people know what's going on. And if you really have trouble moving fast, just tell people, I can't go that fast. This morning I was joking around and, uh, and Gene and Shirley were coming in and I, I was holding the door for them. And I said, Shirley, hurry up, come on. And she said, I'll hurry. I said, no, 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 don't hurry. It was a joke. I don't want her to hurry. And, you know, sometimes you just need to communicate, let people know what's going on. If somebody's a, a salesperson's trying to talk into this thing and, and, you know, you can tell them, listen, I have to think this through 
And the more you talk, the more my answer is no. So if you give me time to think it through, my answer might be yes. Most salespeople will back off and let you think. And the ones that don't, you don't want to buy from them and give them commission anyway. So chill out, relax. Uh, and uh, Proverbs 19.11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. Ecclesiastes 7.9, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. So you've got this anger sitting inside you if you're angry about things. That's the, the, the actions of a fool, the Bible says. So there are things in life that are just, you have no control over, so they're facts of life. And you can get angry about it or not, but there's no value in getting angry. It's just a fact of life. So here's a couple things to remember about anger that could help you. Number one, unless there is a crisis, you need to put a pause between the stimulus and your response. That pause will help you respond appropriately. Just pause. Take a deep breath. Get a sip of water and then respond. Unless it's a crisis, sometimes in a crisis you must respond now. But any other time you can pause between the stimulus and the response. Secondly, an angry response is almost always a wrong response. As James said, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now anger is not always wrong. Jesus was angry in the temple and he overthrew the tables and he drove the money changers out and it was righteous anger for God's house but most of the time that angry response is wrong in almost every case your anger is neither righteous nor godly it's not going to accomplish the right thing I listened to um, some coaching uh, and in that coaching video he said Anger is a meter on your dashboard. When you feel angry, it's telling you that something's bothering you. But what you're angry, you're feeling angry toward may not be bothering you. It may be the result of something else. So when you feel angry, you have to stop and think, where did this feeling come from? Because it comes from inside you, not from out there. We talked about that last week. It comes from inside you, not out there. So you need to think about it on the inside. And uh, so angry response is almost always a wrong response. You're going to let them have it. You're going to make them pay. Like people say, I, I don't get mad, I get even. God doesn't get mad either. He gets forgiving. He forgives us all of our sins if we ask him. Thirdly, uh, another way about anger is it's easier to speak appropriately when you talk less. It's easier to not speak out in anger if you develop the habit of speaking less, if you discipline your mouth. And so Proverbs 10:19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips 
is wise. The more you talk, the more likely you'll say the wrong thing. The more you respond quickly, the more likely you'll say the wrong thing. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because that's the way to live in a way that will please and honor the Lord. And you know what? It makes you more fun to be around, too. People enjoy being around people who don't lose their temper over every little thing and who listen to them. But the goal is not make friends and influence people. The goal is please Christ. So James gives us counsel that if we incorporate this into our life, then we will learn to keep our mouth shut and will less likely say the wrong thing and will more likely live in a way that pleases the Lord. So keep your mouth shut most of the time. Heavenly Father, this is hard concept, uh, especially for preachers to think about keeping their mouth shut. But Lord, you give us lots of examples in Scripture and illustrations of people's lives and people saying the wrong thing, responding the wrong way. I pray that you would give us the grace to really work on this, to show growth and improvement and make positive change. And we thank you for your love and grace. Even when we fail you, you love us and you care for us and you forgive us. But we pray that we would grow and mature and do better in our communication with you and with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me tell you, you could be the perfect communicator and still go to hell if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have to ask him to forgive your sins and save you, and he will. That's who he is, the Savior. That's what he does. He saves those who come to him. So I pray that you would do that. And, and those of you who are here, we started out talking about, well, what do you do with the message? You've heard the word, now what do you do? You need to think about it. You know, and if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not sure that you'd be going to heaven, well, what can you do today? Well, you can maybe just sit where you are and just wait and somebody will come up to you and talk with you and help you find scripture to show to know the way to trust Christ, to show you from the Word of God. And maybe you need to stop before you leave here and, and say, you know, what area of my life am I doing really well in this? What area of my life am I not doing as well in this? As a general rule, women are better listeners than men. Maybe us guys need to work on this more than our wives do. I don't know what's going on in your home. But this I know, this is God's word. And we can do this. God never asks us to do what we don't have the capacity to do. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. 
We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.